Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to the CBS Evening News ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Tonight, America enters a new phase in the battle against COVID as elementary school children get their first doses. Kids ages 5 to 11 roll up their sleeves as every school-aged child nationwide is now eligible for the vaccine. It didn't hurt a lot. The special mini-dose for kids and why some parents tell us they're not in a rush. Political earthquake, the upset in Virginia's gubernatorial race. Why suburban moms and independents who once voted for Biden voted Republican this time around. Is it a warning sign for the Democratic Party? The skyrocketing price of prescription drugs. Democratic leaders unveil a new plan to cut costs. But where do the lawmakers who raked in cash from Big Pharma stand? China's nuclear buildup. The new warning from the Pentagon that the country's rapidly expanding its nuclear arsenal. Could America's adversary have hard-to-detect missiles? Aaron Rodgers benched. The NFL's reigning MVP test positive for COVID. Did he lie about being vaccinated? 156 miles per hour. Tonight, the shocking details of the early morning crash involving a Raiders wide receiver that killed a 23-year-old woman. And nursing school boom amid the pandemic and increase in applications for students to become America's future heroes. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, reporting from the nation's capital. 
Good evening, and thank you so much for joining us. We begin with the new wave of COVID vaccinations ramping up tonight for kids 5 to 11 years old, with Pfizer's mini-dose getting the green light from the CDC late Tuesday. Health officials say it's a major breakthrough, with more than 2,000 schools in recent months stopping in-person learning because of outbreaks. Well, Walgreens and CVS are now making appointments for kids' shots at select pharmacies starting this weekend. But a hospital in Hartford, Connecticut, wasted no time giving out those shots just minutes after the CDC's authorization. And thousands of pediatricians pre-ordered the mini doses. And Pfizer said it expects to ship about 11 million in the coming days. And it comes as we just crossed a milestone. Coronavirus deaths in the U.S. have now topped 750,000. Well, CBS's Janet Chamlin is going to lead off our coverage at Texas Children's Hospital in Houston. Good evening, Janet. Nora, good evening. This is where they're giving the vaccine here at the hospital tonight, and it is busy. Across the country, appointments at some doctor's offices and clinics are going fast. It's here from the privacy of a Georgia pediatrician's office. It's a game changer for us. To a large Houston hospital clinic. It's going to be super fast, okay? Thousands of parents across the country took their children to get the vaccine on the first day it became available for five to seven-year-olds. Julian here has a medical condition that we've been worried about. Now he's vaccinated, so it's a relief. The children's version is a third of what older age groups get with smaller needles and distinctive orange packaging. Millions of doses were already on their way to hospitals, clinics, and pharmacies, awaiting Tuesday's sign-off by the CDC. But while some children quickly receive shots, nearly a third of parents in one survey say they won't vaccinate their child. For my kids, I probably will opt to not get the vaccine immediately like I did for myself. Doctors hope hesitant parents will talk to them first. We can get most kids in now and then get their second dose three weeks from now um, with good protection in time for the winter holidays. COVID has taken a toll on the unprotected. More than 2 million 5 to 11-year-olds have had the virus. 8,300 have been hospitalized. 173 have died. That's to me, feels like way too many for disease, for, for outcomes that could essentially be um, eliminated um, by this vaccine. Daniela Wilches got the shot at Texas Children's Hospital today. Almost finished. Okay. She just turned five yesterday. What made you decide to get the vaccine for her? Um, we've lost some family members to COVID. And so um, this has been really important for us. And she has some medical conditions which make her um, more susceptible. To give you an idea of the demand, Texas Children's Hospital currently has 38,000 children signed up for shots between now and Thanksgiving. Nora? Wow, that is some strong demand. Jana Chamlian, thank you. And we're going to turn now to that rough election night for Democrats. In Virginia, Republican Glenn Youngkin pulled off a big victory over Democrat Terry McAuliffe. In New Jersey, Democratic incumbent Phil Murphy was expected to win in a landslide, but is leading tonight by a razor-thin margin. We get more now from CBS's Ed O'Keefe. Big warning signs tonight for Democrats as the upset in Virginia and tighter-than-expected results in New Jersey put President Biden's agenda and Democratic control of Congress in jeopardy. Mr. Biden said voters sent a message. The people want us to get things done. People are upset and uncertain about a lot of things. That was clear. Republican Glenn Youngkin's victory over Democrat Terry McAuliffe in Virginia, a state the president had won by 10 points a year ago. Voters showed they were unhappy with the direction of the country and inaction in Washington. Some Democrats today blame themselves. 
Look, congressional Dems hurt Terry McAuliffe. If uh, we had been able to deliver infrastructure and reconciliation in mid-October, he could have sold universal pre-K, affordable childcare, infrastructure, creating jobs. With the president's approval ratings at a record low, Democrats are now trying to figure out how to win in states similar to Virginia and New Jersey and hold on to their slim majority. As one who will be running for re-election in 2022, I need results that I can show the American people that Congress can deliver. Republicans who saw Democrats unsuccessfully try to tie Youngkin to Donald Trump relished the results. I think this is an earthquake. I mean, it really is an earthquake. This is a clear signal from voters in a blue state. I mean, Virginia's a very blue state that they don't like President Biden's policies. Virginia exit polls showed another troubling sign for Democrats. Youngkin won in suburbs and rural areas, appealing to independents and making gains with women voters. And he capitalized on concerns about parental control of public education. Friends, we're going to embrace our parents, not ignore them. The president said today that for Democrats to bounce back, they should pass his sweeping social spending plan because it'll help struggling Americans. When I asked him what he would say to congressional Democrats about passing the plan, he said simply, quote, get it to my desk. Nora. Ed O'Keefe, thank you. Well, here now to discuss the takeaways from this election is CBS News Chief Washington Correspondent Major Garrett. Hi there, Major. Let's talk about Virginia. Sure. Yep. How much was the Republican Glenn Youngkin able to exploit uh, educate, concerns about education, cultural, social issues? So let me give you a couple of numbers to indicate just how much Virginia has moved in one calendar year. Last year, President Biden carried suburban voters by eight percentage points. Glenn Youngkin, the Republican nominee this time, who won, carried them by six. It's a 14-point swing in one year. President Biden just last year won independence by 19 points. Glenn Youngkin won them by four to five, a more than 20 point swing. How did that happen? Social issues are important, but I think the education one in Virginia in particular was acute and important. Why? Because it was a proxy for a lot of things. COVID fatigue, lots of parents, K through 12. What are the rules? How can I get my kids back in school? Other parts, how is race being taught or racism in our history with that? It's a very tender issue, particularly in Virginia, with its history of race, the Confederacy, etc., and even transgender issues. And it all became a larger question of, are school boards listening to and empowering parents or sort of giving them a cold shoulder or the Heisman? Lots of parents in Virginia felt that they were not getting what they wanted out of school boards. It became a larger question of education and Republicans capitalized on that issue, which is rare for Republicans to be able to achieve. All right. Major Garrett, thank you so much. All right. We want to turn now to the skyrocketing prices of prescription drugs. Democratic leaders just unveiled a plan to cut costs of sometimes life-saving medicine. But as CBS's Chris Van Cleve reports, the drug industry is spending big to keep that from happening. Marilyn Rose's chronic myeloid leukemia would be a death sentence without her daily medication. I say it's my stay alive pill. But that stay alive pill can cost up to 10000 a month. She worries without a curb on prescription drug prices, her bill could soar. It's a, a miracle that, that the drug exists, but um, the idea that I'm beholden to it is really a little scary. The new compromise plan on Capitol Hill would offer some relief, gradually allowing Medicare to negotiate drug prices similar to private insurers for the first time, while capping out-of-pocket costs at $2,000 and setting limits on the cost of insulin. This is the time to get real relief to senior citizens who are getting mugged at the pharmacy counter all across the country. The pharmaceutical industry has spent nearly $263 million on lobbying so far this year. 
employing three lobbyists for every member of Congress. They have really uh, endless resources to throw at shaping uh, the outcomes of uh, legislation. Millions of those dollars are campaign donations. Earlier this year, Congressman Scott Peters sparked protests outside his San Diego district office when he came out against a plan to cut drug costs for seniors. He's received nearly 130000 from the industry. Arizona Senator Kirsten Sinema has gotten about 100000 and New Jersey Senator Robert Menendez has taken in nearly 80000 I'm curious what message that sends. Bottom line is I'm supporting a price negotiation bill that has been worked out. What I've said since the very beginning of the discussion, how do we ensure that consumers at the counter get relief? New Jersey is home to a number of pharmaceutical companies. All three of these lawmakers say they support this compromise, adding it will save billions. Nora. Chris Van Cleve, thank you. And there's new evidence tonight of China's growing military might. It's happening on multiple fronts and fast, prompting U.S. nuclear concerns. CBS News national security correspondent David Martin is at the Pentagon. Hundreds of new ICBM silos under construction. A massive buildup which has forced the Pentagon to drastically revise the number of nuclear warheads China is adding to its arsenal. The commander of U.S. nuclear forces says it's a game changer. We are witnessing a strategic breakout by China. Their explosive growth and modernization of its nuclear and conventional forces can only be what I describe as breathtaking. In a new report, the Pentagon warns China could have 1,000 nuclear warheads by 2030 almost a five-fold increase over the current number. Hans Christensen of the Federation of American Scientists has been monitoring the buildup. It's an astounding uh, pace. Have the Chinese ever done anything like that before? It's, it's far beyond what they have ever done in the past. Nuclear warheads could also be loaded on hypersonic missiles, which are harder to detect than ICBMs. Last August, China conducted a hypersonic test that the chairman of the Joint Chiefs compared to the Russians beating the U.S. into space. What we saw was a very significant event of a test of a hypersonic uh, uh, weapon system, um, and it is very concerning. The Chinese buildup is dramatic, but they are not about to surpass the U.S. as a nuclear power. The U.S. has 3,750 nuclear warheads, nearly four times as many as China might have by 2030. Nora? David Martin at the Pentagon. Thank you. Well, there is big news tonight in the NFL. Green Bay Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers is benched after testing positive for COVID. And there are new questions about whether Rodgers violated the league's COVID protocols. Here's CBS's Vladimir Dutier. Rodgers steps and fires. According to multiple reports, the NFL has considered the reigning MVP unvaccinated since the start of the season. But back in August, when asked by reporters about his vaccination status, Rodgers said this. Yeah, I've been immunized. You know, there's guys on the team that haven't been vaccinated. Uh, I think it's a personal decision. I'm not going to judge those guys. Was that misleading? Certainly seems like it was. I I feel misled. Bill Ryder is a CBS sports analyst. 7% of NFL players are not vaccinated. That just means they follow different, different protocols, but the rules apply differently. This is the reality when you're a star. Rogers has conducted weekly and post-game news conferences in person and without wearing a mask, while Packers players who are unvaccinated participate in media sessions on Zoom. 
Under NFL protocols, unvaccinated players are subject to a $14,000 fine if they refuse to wear a mask or maintain social distancing. Repeat violations can lead to a four-game suspension. The NFL says it previously disciplined individual teams for failing to enforce COVID protocols in the past and says it's reviewing the situation with the Packers. Today, the Packers head coach declined to comment on Rogers' vaccination status. Nora. Vladimir Duce, thank you very much. Well, after nearly two years on the front lines of the COVID pandemic, America's nursing workforce is burned out. Yet applications to nursing schools are rising, driven by young people looking to make a difference. We get more now from CBS's Mola Lenghi. Some people never question what they want to do with their lives. Why do you want to be a nurse? I can make a difference in someone's like life or even day when they're going through a difficult time. I think um, with the pandemic, people shy away from health care now. But watching my friends and family work tirelessly, I've never felt more motivated and more excited to be in health care. Michael Lucino of Temple University initially expected the pandemic to reduce interest in nursing. What we were initially afraid of was that students were going to be seeing the news, seeing social media and what's happening in the hospitals and on the front lines and be dissuaded from nursing. But I think we've been very lucky with this generation of students feeling that inspiration to actually want to serve. We've seen the opposite effect. We've seen the opposite effect for sure. Lucino says nursing school applications at Temple increased roughly 15 percent this fall. In 2019, almost 7,500 people applied for about 110 spots. Those who want to be nurses are stepping up, even knowing the job can take a lot. Burnout is like the first thing that everyone mentions to me. They're like, oh, you're crazy. Nursing Department Chair Mary Terrar says Temple makes self-care, mental health, and learning how to avoid burnout part of the curriculum. You think that it's the sciences that you need to master, or anatomy and physiology, or pharmacology, but you also really need to learn how do I take care of myself. Despite the challenges, students, future nurses, seem encouraged which perhaps is encouraging for anyone who may ever need a nurse. Mola Lenghi, CBS News, Philadelphia. Have you ever covered a carpet stain with a rug, ignored a leaky faucet, pretended your half-painted living room is supposed to look like that? Well, you're not alone. We've all got unfinished home projects, but there's an easier way. When you download Thumbtack, it's easier to care for your home from top to bottom. Pull out your phone and in just a few steps, you can search, chat, and book highly rated pros right in your neighborhood. Plus, you'll know what to tackle next because Thumbtack is the app that shows you what to do, who to hire, and when. So say goodbye to all those unfinished home projects and say hello to caring for your home the easier way. Download Thumbtack and start a project today. All right, former Raiders wide receiver Henry Ruggs appeared in a Las Vegas court today. The 22-year-old was rolled into the hearing in a wheelchair the day after a deadly crash. Prosecutors say he was driving 156 miles per hour with a blood alcohol level twice the legal limit when his Corvette slammed into the back of an SUV. A 23-year-old woman and her dog were killed. Right, the Supreme Court heard arguments today in a major gun rights case involving a New York law that requires people to have proper cause to carry a handgun in public. Well, in their questioning, a majority of the justices, including Brett Kavanaugh and Chief Justice John Roberts, hinted that they think the new law, the New York law rather, may be too restrictive of Second Amendment rights. All right, a dramatic ending now to a parent's worst nightmare. Police in Australia released this video moments after raiding a house and finding four-year-old Cleo Smith. She actually vanished from her family's camping tent 18 days ago, triggering a massive search. 
Cleo was checked out at a hospital and reunited with her parents. A 36-year-old man has been arrested in her abduction. It was an emotional celebration as Democrat Ed Ganey became the first black mayor of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania's second largest city. But he wasn't the only one that made history. CBS's Nancy Chen has more on the other notable Election Day firsts. History made as Dearborn, Michigan elects Abdullah Hamoud as its first Arab American and Muslim mayor. To the young girls and boys who have ever been ridiculed for their faith or ethnicity, today is proof that you are as American as anyone else. Election night ushered in a new chapter in the changing face of American politics. In Virginia... When I joined the Marine Corps, I was still a Jamaican. Marine veteran Winsome Sears will be the state's next lieutenant governor, the first woman to win the seat. Voters in New York chose retired NYPD Captain Eric Adams to be the city's second black mayor ever. We made history in Cincinnati. And both Cincinnati and Boston elected Asian Americans for the first time in their histories. It's been a really unexpected journey. That Michelle Wu is also the first woman and the first person of color to be chosen for Boston's top job. From every corner of our city, Boston has spoken. The first is only relevant if there's a second, third, fourth, and then the door is wide open for everyone. And there's a lot more change where this is coming from. Nancy Chen, CBS News, Boston. On tomorrow's CBS Evening News, four Afghan orphans whose mother was killed as they fled their war-torn country are building a new life here in America. We'll tell their story. And if you can't watch us live, don't forget to set your DVR so you can watch us later. That is tonight's CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell here in our nation's capital. We'll see you tomorrow and good night. If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. Are you ready for an all-new season of Survivor? You better be because Survivor 46 is here and it's 90 minutes of twists and turns you don't want to miss. Better yet, after each episode, there's a brand new episode of On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. Each week, we go behind the scenes of the episode's biggest moments, taking you into the how and the why things happened. And this season, we're very lucky to be joined by an expert, the winner of Survivor 45, Devaya Daris. What is up? I'm thrilled to be joining this team and to be giving you my take on how and the why players made the moves they did what it takes to outwit, outplay, and outlast. And to ask Jeff some questions, because even after 26 days out there, there is still a lot for me to uncover. Bring it, D. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.